Hello, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Our mission in this world is clear. We're here to love God and love people. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, today um, I want to welcome you to my living room. And uh, no, mine at home really isn't this big. But uh, today's kind of like one of those family talks. And uh, I'm excited uh, about uh, what I get to share with you. And uh, if you're visiting with us, um, welcome to the family room and welcome to the family talk because I think you're going to grab something out of this message also. Uh, it was about, uh, actually it's a little been, uh, been over three years now since I took over as the lead pastor. And um, I was the associate for 20 plus years, took over for uh, a great man, Pastor Kirby, who uh, is also still on staff, amen. And uh, Pastor Kirby, um, we have a great church here. And one of the things I always said about this church, though, was it was like uh, walking into a, a, a buffet. And I don't mean like a hometown buffet because that stuff's awful. But like, I mean a Vegas buffet. And I, I know I'm probably not supposed to say that either. But, you know, I mean, you know, one of those buffets where you walk in and you're like, man, do I do the sushi station? Do I do the prime rib station? Or do I just go straight for dessert, right? You know? And so you come to church and you're like, there's all these good things, but where do I start? And so the staff came together and we made a, a clear pathway. And again, this wasn't dropped from heaven, but we introduced this to you about a year and a half ago. And so we want to, we continue to implement it and we want to just dedicate a sermon to this. And so the challenge for you is going to be, where do I fit in this? And then, um, by the way, um, <laughs> It's circular, uh, cyclical because it, it, that's intentional. When we first did this, it was linear. And so you started with street and, and you ended with um, serve. And I struggled with that. As I looked at it, I'm like, there's something that bugs me about this. And I realized that the reason it bugged me was there was a beginning and then an end. And, and ministry doesn't work like that. It's not like, okay, we make our way through this and then all of a sudden we arrive at the finish line. What, why we changed it to a circle was once we've worked through this and keep doing it, now our job is to take someone through that. Amen? And so as we're talking, you're going to look at yourself and see where you're at. And maybe you're going to decide, man, I've worked my way through all that and I'm still doing all those things. The challenge will be then who am I taking through this with me? Amen. So that's what I'm excited about is to share with you again the clear pathway here, identify some steps and, and then move forward. Because here's one truth I know, healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. And, and for you individually, if you're not growing, then that's a sign of unhealth. And so no matter where we're at in our relationship with God, we ought to be growing. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, it's good to be in your house. And God, it is good to be amongst uh, all these, these faces. Thank you, God, for giving us a day that was not promised to us. Thank you for giving us your word that we get to, to crack it open today and just be challenged by it. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you've given us this local body in the west end uh, of, of, of the San Fernando Valley. Thank you for what you've done and, and, and what you want to do and what you're doing right now. God, I would ask that, that your Holy Spirit would just continue to dwell in the hearts of each and every person as we, we walk through um, this sermon together. Help us to identify where we're at and where we need to be with you. 
God, I, I know I love you and I know we love you. And thank you in the powerful name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So, so early on in, in my leadership, also at the church, I introduced to you um, what we call our core values, right? There, there, there's thousands of core values out there. But for us as a church, there's, there's five that we filter uh, ministry through weekly, and um, Pastor John early on goes, oh, I got an easy way to remember them, G-felt. So um, that helps me. So um, our, our five core values are, number one, and not in any particular order, but generosity. We want to be known as a generous church. And the truth is, you guys are generous. And uh, it is so wonderful to be a part of a church that is, is beyond itself. And by the way, I'm happy to report that um, you sponsored all 95 verses for the book of Colossians at $38 a verse to be translated into the language in a small community in Papua New Guinea. Amen? That was about $3,800. Good job. Yes, unto the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, uh, and then I was just talking to Carolyn Rich. We're over uh, 100 boxes now for the um, Operation uh, Christmas Child. And, and there's so many other things going on um, that are just so exciting. So generosity. And then F, <laughs> sorry if it has anything to do with me. You got to put fun in there. So a core value of ours is fun. Ministry ought to be fun, amen? Christianity ought to be fun. And uh, sometimes we have a little too much fun here. But uh, then E, uh, my son was in the first service. He's a fireman. I've shared this many times when I went and heard the, the, the captain or the chief actually of the fire department address all the, the, the people in the academy. And he said, LA Fire, uh, LA City Fire, uh, strives for perfection and settles for excellence. And I thought if the fire department has a goal of excellence, the church ought to definitely have the goal. So another core value of ours is excellence, amen? And because and we serve an excellent God, anything that we do, whatever resources we have, we want to do with excellence. And then L is life change. And I'll be hitting on that a lot here today. And then I want to move to the last core values team. Here, here's, here's one thing I know because I've played sports my whole life and still play a little slower um, is that uh, team is important. I can't do ministry by myself, nor can you, Amen. That's why if you ever receive an email from me, it starts off with, dear teammate, because I need you and you need me. Amen? But I want to get back up to the, the, the life change. Um, there is not probably a Tuesday where the staff meets, by the way, from around 9 to, to 11, where we don't talk about life change, because that's what the church is all about. Amen? And again, it goes with this whole idea of healthy things grow. And so we're constantly talking about people in our congregation that are growing. And we're talking about how we're growing or need to be growing. And so for the rest of this message, really the emphasis on the next steps all has to do with helping create a clear pathway for you to grow. All right? Let's go for it. We're going to start with number one, street. And uh, if, if, if you're sitting there like, what does that mean, street? Well, uh, Sherman Way, duh, no. Um, street, uh, we've identified, our staff has identified street this way, ready? Anyone outside of these walls who does not know Jesus Christ, street. 
anyone outside these walls that does not know Jesus Christ's street. And then the minor of that is anyone who is a Christ follower but is not plugged into a local church body also fits in that category of street. So the person that doesn't know Christ street, the person that knows Christ but isn't plugged into the local body, we in our mindset and next steps street. And so we do a ton of things that are is kind of uh, in-house language that we go, oh, that's a street event. You know, uh, one of the things would be maybe the Harvest Festival that was local. We just, we had over a thousand people at it. Well, again, that's an, an event to draw people from the street here. Uh, we do a lot of things outside of the community. You know, back in the day, it was bring everyone here to the, to the church, but the, the Jesus says go, right? So we're, we're working hard at getting outside into the community. Just recently, we did a, um, we were a part and a major sponsor of the LAPD golf tournament on money that helps raise money for kids uh, programs. And so that's, I think, a street event where we go and we come along Alongside uh, people in our community and support. Does that make sense? But the biggest part of street is those that don't know Christ. And biblically, um, they're referred to as lost. Have you heard that before? The lost, right? And, and it's a term that we get from Luke 15. If you'll turn there, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. These fine gentlemen are gonna make their way down and hand you a, a Bible. Luke 15 uh, gives uh, multiple stories um, uh, of, of lost. Uh, Luke 15 starts off with the parable of the lost sheep, and then it goes on to the parable of the lost coin, and then it goes on uh, to the parable of the lost son, or so many of us that know grew up in the church, it's the prodigal son, right? And so basically, I, I'm stealing a phrase from Bill Hybels that I heard at a conference in the late 1980s. That goes way back. Bill Hybels said this, lost people matter to God, therefore they ought to matter to me. Can you say that with me? Lost people matter to God, therefore they ought to matter to me. Let's say it again. Lost people matter to God, therefore they ought to matter to me. And here's my question, and it's not for any guilt, it's not for any judgment, it's not for any shame, it's the same question I need to ask of myself. Do lost people matter to me? And when we refer to lost, we're talking about those that do not know Christ Jesus. And by the way, I was lost. And so were you. And some of you are here today and you're lost. And I say, praise God you're here. Amen? Amen. So, so lost people matter to God. They ought to matter to us. Uh, I'll share the middle uh, parable. It's in uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 8. Jesus says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my what? Lost coin. Now check this out. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one lost sinner who repents. I might have added lost in there. Did you catch that? I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. The Bible simply says this in, in Isaiah chapter 59, the arm of the Lord is not too short to save nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities or your sins have caused him to turn his back. 
Why? Because God can't have sin in his presence. In each and every one of us, the Bible tells us that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You and I have a sin problem. That doesn't make us bad people. We just have a sin problem. But that causes separation. This is why, I don't know if you know this, it's almost Christmas. Like, I'm driving home from the airport last night, and I look at my wife. I said, we're four and a half weeks away. I know some of you are like, let me celebrate Thanksgiving first. Stop being grumpy. (laughs) But we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Why? Because God didn't like this separation. So he sent his one and only son, John 3.16 says. For God so what? Loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. Why? Because lost people matter to God. And so I am so grateful for my sister. As a matter of fact, she's coming Tuesday, her and her family. going to spend Thanksgiving with us. But you know, my sister found Christ long before I did. And many times she asked me to come to church. And many times Robbie Denton said, no, Christine, that's good for you, but I don't need him. I'm so glad that my sister was persistent in knowing that her brother was lost. And she prayed for me, and she continually invited me. I was lost, but now I'm found. The scripture, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one. Your soul matters to God. And once we've gotten that figured out, you ready? Other Lost souls ought to matter to us. And you know what the problem is with this guy? That's not always on my radar. How about you? Who in your life does not know Jesus? Who in your life is lost? What an amazing opportunity to put that back on your radar and to start praying about it and to start building that relationship and pointing them to Jesus. Because at the end of the day, isn't that what matters? Amen? That's street. Uh, Mark 16, 15, uh, if, if, if you look at it, it says, he said to them, go into all the world and what? Preach the gospel to all creation. The same thing said in Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. uh, Jesus said to them all, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples or make Christians of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And continuing to teach them all I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. We, we look at that and, and we've heard it as the great commission or the great commandment. It's not the great suggestion, right? Jesus wasn't just suggesting that we tell others about him, but he was commissioning us. Amen? So the street really ought to matter. And Romans 1.16 uh, says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is what? It's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first in the Jew and then in the Gentile. That's where I have to have a, a heart check. 
Like, I know, quote unquote, I'm saved, if we use that term. I know God and I are right. I know I have the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? But, but am I ashamed of the gospel? Am I ashamed of the gospel, which is the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? And you go, well, what do you mean? Well, like, like recently, actually just yesterday, um, our baseball league finished. Uh, we're over at West Hills Baseball. I helped coach that. And my, th- my, my strategy is always go in just as me, coach, hopefully do a good job, hopefully make an impact. And then there's talk that happens in the stands. Did you know that? <laughs> I learned that really quick in coaching, that, that parents like to talk. And um, it's quite well known over at West Hills what I do for a living. So it comes out really quick as people are yelling, hey, pastor, you know, I'm like, oh, there that one goes. Um, but, but for I am not ashamed, the question is, am I ashamed that I'm a Christ follower at West Hills Baseball? Am I ashamed that I'm a Christ follower in my neighborhood? Am I ashamed like, I'm just going to shoot straight here. Um, the house next door to us went for sale. And we've had the same neighbors since we've lived there, 20-something years. And this realization hit me when there was a soul sign. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never prayed for who's going to move in there. Like, we could get some crazies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We get some lost sheep. I don't want to deal with that. And uh, they moved in a couple weeks ago, and inter- it was that interaction. And you know the question I always want to come later is the question, what do you do for a living? Because then it's, you know, it's all out. I shake his hand, young couple, going to have a baby, shake the guy's hand. And uh, <laughs> his first question, I don't even know why he would ask this. He goes, so what do you do? <laughs> For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm a <laughs> I just looked at him and I said, I'm a pastor. And he goes, Praise God. I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, Yeah, I go to LA Church of Christ right here at Canoga High School. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that's cool. So, you know. Um, but I'm embarrassed to tell you, even as quote unquote a pastor, there's times where I just like, can we just keep that under wrap? right? Church, this world needs us. And we can't be ashamed. And the street matters. Amen? Amen. So there's that aspect, if you're, the street is the non-Christian, but for you, the Christian, the street part is, are you, are you inviting people? You know, I talk to my staff all the time. Church has changed, by the way, in 30 years. Did you know that? I, I've been coming to church for 30 years. When I came to church, check this out, they used to sing and you found the words in a book. Yeah, it was called a hymn. No, not politically correct today. It would be a non-neutral book is what they would have to call it. Um, <laughs> Why does my Bible always end up upside down second service? There. Um, they used to wear robes, choir, yeah. I'm just going to stop because I'll be in trouble. <laughs> but church has changed. 
And I tell staff all this all the time, do you know that the front doors of the church are not the two, three sets of double doors out there? Did you know that? It's not the front door anymore. You know what the front door to the church is? It's called our website. I do meet the pastor all the time, and as I meet with the, the new people that are coming, or I just visit with them out in the lobby, and we say, how did you come? Number one, still, still today, the number one way people come to church is personal invite. You are the best way to get somebody to church. And even with personal invite, the second best way, but with personal invite, you invite them before they ever come. You know what they're going to do? They're going to check us out on the web. You know what the new front door to the church is? Our website. And if they don't like what they see in here on the website, they will never give these purple chairs a chance. That's ministry in a totally different way. But guess what? You do the same thing with restaurants, with hotels, with businesses. You're going to check it all out online first, aren't you? You know what's blowing us away at Meet the Pastor? People are telling us that they will listen to two or three sermons before they'll online before they ever come in here. So we can look at that as a bad thing or we can look at it as our new reality and do the best we can. Amen? There's so much more I can say to this. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Jesus says in Matthew 9, 37 and 38, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So part of the next steps then is not only do we identify the street, but we want to get them into the seat. And we talked about, oh, any seat on this campus. And then we said, no. We want to get them in this purple seat. We want them to experience a worship service. We want them to experience worship. We want them to experience the sermon. We want them to experience the greeting time. We want them to experience the lobbies. Uh, we want to experience the donuts in the morning. No, um, we want them to experience the, the friendliness. And so we say the next step is to get them in the seat. And that puts the burden on us. That's why excellence is important. Not perfection, but excellence. Whoever's communicating that pair really needs to spend some time with God, really needs to get into the word and needs to preach this word. Amen? And the worship team, they, they're, 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 they're gonna do their best at working hard at being excellent. Because here's what I know as your lead pastor. If you're gonna invite a coworker, if you're gonna invite someone from one of your activities, if you're gonna invite one of your neighbors, you are trusting me and the staff that we're not gonna fail you. And, and we take that as an opportunity and we don't take that burden, uh, we don't take that opportunity lightly. We know you're trusting us that we're not gonna um, say something that's gonna be uh, rude, crude, that we're gonna do the best that we can. Again, we're gonna fall short at times, but that is important that you get them into the seat and let God do his thing, amen? And then uh, the next step is meet the pastor. Well, you know what? Actually, let me go off on a tangent. <laughs> We're talking as a family, right? Come on now. You're like that little kid that just got in trouble. No, you're not in trouble. I just want to encourage you. Hebrews. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Hebrews 10, 24 says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the day as you see the day approaching. Here's one of the saddest statistics that I've come across, and I've seen it from multiple organizations on, on, on us, the Christian. All right. So if you're not a Christian here sitting in here, we're giving you the dirty laundry. 
This is one of the ways in which the church has completely changed in the last 30 years. The average Christian in America attends church 1.7 times a month. The average Christian attends church 1.7 times a month. Those statistics have gone skyrocketed in an unhealthy way in the last 12 years. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together, the book of Hebrews says. Now, please hear me on this. I am not the um, president of LAUSD school district. Because if I was the president of LAUSD school district... Your rear end in the seat means money, right? The school district gets money every day according to how many kids are in the school. It doesn't matter if there's 10 people or 1,000 people in the church for for this purpose. The the heart of my mind is this. To be a good shepherd of you, you need to be encouraged and you need to be challenged with this idea of 1.7 times a month is not good. And I don't care if culturally it's the cool thing. All of a sudden, church, when it was a priority, has not become a priority in 2019. That is not of God. That is of the evil one. Now, some of you are going, oh, pastor, you don't have the right to be saying that. Well, yeah, I do, because I have the microphone. <laughs> and we could, we, could, we could agree to disagree and both, both you know, go to heaven. But I have to tell you something. I need you, and you need me. And, and, and all of a sudden, church has been one of those things that has dropped to the bottom for some. And you say, yeah, if it fits on our schedule, we'll go to church. But if it's sunny outside and the beach is nice or there's baseball or there's, you know, uh, you know I don't even know, you know, a color run or football on television or whatever. I, I keep giving sports stuff because that's my brain. But it's like all of a sudden church has gone here where church used to be the priority. Now, let me tell you something that I think is really important. Church is not a place to get. Church is a place to give. Did you hear that? Church is not a place to get. If we have that get mentality, guess what it's called? Consumer mentality. And all of a sudden, the church since the 90s, at least what I've seen, and and there's all kinds of articles on it, the church has become unhealthy in this sense that we, we as Christians have a consumer mentality. Oh, the pastor doesn't feed me enough from the pulpit. When is it the pastor's job to feed you? Feed yourself. Sorry, I didn't say that first service. But right? I mean, I'm here to encourage you. But if if all your growth is based on me, then you've got a problem. Because I'm not all that. How's that sound? (laughs) Right? I'm here to spur you on. I'm here to encourage you. I Hopefully I teach you. But if the church is a place to give, not get. Well, you, what do you mean? Well, you want to you wanna give your praise to God. You want to give your encouraging words to one another. You want to, and then you just keep filling in the blanks. And you know what I've learned? When I come with, to church with that mentality of giving, you know what naturally happens? I get. Does that sound weird? But if you come with the mentality to get all the time, I promise you, I will disappoint you. 
the worship team will disappoint you. They may not sing the song that you wanted to be sung, right? And so I just, I, it's so refreshing to be able to share this. Like, like, let's recommit to being the body. I need you, you need me. The, 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 the church is not the home team in America anymore. We are visitors. We are visitors. We are the visiting team in America. We need to bond together. Look at this gathering as a gathering of sitting on a battery charger, like I do with my phone. Every night, it's down to 4 to 6%. Every night, I set it on the battery charger. I wake up in the morning, guess what? It's 100%. We come in here, and we sit to be filled, to be spurred on, to be encouraged so that we could go out there to the street again and make a difference. Can I say one other thing since I'm already there? And I say this in total lush, okay? Um, but, and, and I know everyone's got all their different excuses. You just have to take this for what it's worth. You just wrestle with it in your own heart. And no, I don't know who does what. I promise you, because it don't matter. But um, especially second service. <laughs> Do you know that when church starts, there's usually about 10 to 15 people in here? Take a look around. There's probably about 180 in here right now. Did you know that church starts at 1045? <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. Some of you are like, oh, I just don't like worship. I don't like the music. I got it all timed out. You know what we're going to start doing? Throwing sermons at the beginning once in a while just to shake it up. I, I'm not saying you have to be the biggest fan of quote-unquote singing, but be the biggest fan of God. Like, like if I treated time with my boss like I treated time with God, I'd be fired. Right? If I showed up late all the time to meetings, I'd be fired. And we're talking God Almighty. So again, I know every one of you has different situations. I would just throw that out there because can I tell you something? You know who is on time? And I know there's, there's a lot of Christians that are on time. Well, not a lot because lot, there's only 10, 15 of us in here. <laughs> you know who's on time? The visitor. The person that visits our church 90% of the time is on time because they don't want to be embarrassed. The rest of us don't give a rip, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so think about it. A visitor is going to come to church for the very first time. They walk in and there's like nobody in here. Talk about feeling awkward. And you know why? Because I hear it all the time. And let me even get more personal. Someone I care about really a lot comes to this church, hasn't made a decision for Jesus Christ. It's been coming for years. He probably tells me once a month, Rock, I love church. This is awesome. I just heard it again this week. I, but I don't get it. How come everyone's late? <laughs> it's a non-Christian's perspective. All right. <laughs> Street to seat. And I would just encourage you, I need you and you need me. Let's get to the seat and let's get to the seat on time. 
then meet. Meet the pastor. There's nothing scriptural about that. It's just something that's on my heart. I just want you to get to know me. I'm not in a glass tower. I'm not untouchable. I'm just Rob Denton. That might be a bad thing. Uh, and meet the pastor because what I do is I just share my story, how I came to Christ. I share the church's story. We're coming up on 44 years. This is an amazing church with an amazing history. Amen? It really is. And so I get to share the, the, the church's story and what we're about and what the heartbeat is. And then I share a little bit about God's story. And we do that over a meal. And, and, and we, our next one is in January. And if you can't make those, just sign up on your card. I'd like to meet you, Pastor Rob. Let's go do coffee. Uh, one of the guys just recently said, let's go do coffee. And so we met here and he, and he says, so I said, so where are we gonna go do coffee? He goes, I don't like coffee. <laughs> We don't have to do coffee. I just, let's just share and get to know each other so you can see my heart and, and see the heartbeat of the church. Then we've got Discover. Um, let me tell you something about this. It's the Discover Life uh, class. And it could be a class that's on Sunday that starts every first week of every month. But it also could be done individually. And what's important about this is healthy things grow. You know the best way for you and I to grow is this book right here. God's word is the best way in which we could grow. And so it's a Bible study that's led in a group of five people all the way to 20 people. I think we've had 25 in one of the classes. And it's great for the non-Christian to learn about what the Bible's about. And it's great for the person that's looking for a church home to know what this church believes. And I think that's really important. And we bust through a bunch of scriptures and it's fun. And you learn about Jesus. You learn about um, uh, the word, you learn about grace, you learn about sin, you learn about uh, discipleship and what it means to be a Christian, how to become a Christian. These are some basic topics and you walk through these things. And uh, I think the word of God is very important, not just for that class, but for all of us to continue to stay in God's word. Hebrews chapter four. Hebrews chapter four says this, Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is what? Alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the hearts. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who must give an account. This book says it's alive and active. It's alive and active for your life today. It's alive and active for my life today. The question is, are we going to get in it? And so the Discover Life class is, is a great next step for those of you that, have, that were on the street, that found yourself in the sea, you went to meet the pastor. Maybe you didn't go to meet the pastor, but your next step is Discover Life. Get in this book and see how it could change your life. And then once you've said yes to Jesus, for those of us who have been walking with him 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, are you still in the book? Are you still being challenged by the living word of God? Because that's how you and I are going to grow. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Proverbs chapter, my son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my command in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. 2 Timothy chapter 3, read this. All scripture is what? God breathed and is useful for. Let's say this together. Ready? teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Then it goes on to say, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to grow? Get in God's word. Get in God's word. 
Maybe your next step is you haven't done the Discover Life class. You're going to sign up for that thing, and I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. The next step is grow. Our church is growing, and we say uh, the bigger we get, the smaller we need to get. And you know how you get small in a big church? Small groups, life groups. You'll get lost just walking around. You could come in and out of here and somebody not know your name. And some of you feel that way, and that's, I, I, I'm sorry, but you know how you get your, know, your main name known? You, you join a small group. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, it's scary if you're in mine. <laughs> no, and when we say this, we say join a small group, and I'm telling you, that, that's where questions are asked. That's where relationships are built. And, and we don't do small groups just based on age or life circumstances. Like my life group, we've got everything in there. Every kind of life stage in there. And, and we just get to know each other and we spend life together. Matter of fact, we had a, a family have a, a car accident this week and, and uh, praise God, everyone's fine. But there for a minute, there was some concerns and, and they had to travel to a hospital and this and that. And, and, and our life group was able to help them out because we had trust and know each other. If, if, if they weren't part of a life group, I, I don't know if they would have known who to call or who could come at the last minute. Does that make sense? And by the way, they need you just as much as you need them. So I say, check out one of our life groups. We got them on Mondays, we got them Tuesdays, we got them Wednesdays, uh, we have them on Thursdays, all different kinds. Most of them are on Wednesday night. And you know, on Wednesday nights, we have 230 people on this campus with the children's ministry and the teen ministry and, and all the other life groups. So I would encourage you to come check it out because that's a way for you to grow and help others grow. Amen? All right. Then we've got serve. Then we've got serve. Um, do you know that God, when you were born, gave you talents? Yes. Some of you, it's musical. Some of you, it's athleticism. Some of you, it's your mind. Some of you, it's numbers. Some of you, it's organization, whatever. We all have talents. And then we gave our life to Jesus. And guess what? He gave us a spiritual gift or gifts on top of those talents. And then life experiences... And passion, you add that all together and you are unique. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul uses the physical body as an example of the church body. And it says, praise God, the whole church isn't an eye. Because where would the sense of smell be, right? Praise God, the, the church isn't just an ear. And he says at the very end, in verse 14, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but what? Many. You know, we got livers out here. We got big toes out here. We, I, I'm sorry if I'm pointing it exactly at you. I don't mean that. Uh, we got hearts out here. We've got, right? We're all unique. And together, we could go bust the gates of hell down. But alone, we can't. I need you. And you need me. I'm so grateful for the many servants at West Valley Christian Church. But as we continue to grow, we need more and more servants. And so go online to the website, click on next steps, and then that'll take you to a bunch of words. Click on serve, and then all of a sudden it's gonna ask for your information, and then you fill that out, and somebody from our front office and a pastor will get in tune, touch with you and figure out where you could serve in this local body. Will you do that? Because when you serve, I, I just believe when you serve, that's when you grow the most. And it could be as simple as, you know one of the needs that we have right now? You know, uh, we have that amazing children's ministry upstairs. You know, safety's huge for us in 2019. 
And, uh, you know, we got the cameras up there and we do everything we can with the checkout and all that stuff. And I'm not saying this because, you know, any reason to be nervous, but we just want to be ahead of everything in this crazy world. You, you know what we're wanting to do now? At the top of the stairs where the kids walk up and then they go check in, we want somebody seconds this service. It would be great if it was two people because then you're not by yourself. Just sit. We'll give you two chairs. Sit at the top of the stairs and watch who's coming in and out of there while the kids are all meeting. Just to make sure nobody's walking in off the street into that area that shouldn't be there. Amen? Amen. Who's got that spiritual gift? Nobody. Who could do it? Almost everybody in here. I say almost everybody. (laughs) God wants you to serve. Amen? That's a healthy way for you to grow. Um, My wife's in here. My wife hates being up on this stage. She's looking at me right now. So if you could come, no. (laughs) You know, some people go, I don't even know who your wife is. Well, she likes just, she doesn't want to, she's just right over there with my wonderful mother-in-law. You know, my wife is an incredible servant. And in 20 years of preaching, I've never said what I'm going to say. And I didn't say this first service. But my wife models servanthood. You don't see her do all the things that I do up on the stage. But my wife is here in the morning. At night, she runs the whole nursery program and the preschool with my mother-in-law. My wife is the top doc for the Harvest Festival and oversees all that. She takes care of me. Um, aren't you grateful for Lisa Denton? Amen. She's, she's, got a servant, she's got a servant's heart. And she gets that from her mom and dad. And I look across this room, we have so many servants. But there's still so many of us could, that could serve in the local church. Amen? That could be a next step for you. Well, there's so much more I could share, but I want to close with this. In your bulletin, um, you should have a sheet that looks like this. Woo! I, I filled mine out. I put Rob Denton because that's my name. And then I put my contact and, and, and this. What I'm going to encourage you is to fill that out and then circle what you think your next step is. What is your next step? And then what I did is you see I circled next at the very top. Why? Because I've done all this. And so by circling next, I am saying I need to continue doing this. And so we would love for you to fill this out and then drop it off in the offering plate that's going to be passed later as one of the first steps for you to be accountable. And we'll reach out to you according to what you circled. Amen? I hope you've been encouraged. I hope this helps you know what kind of church you're a part of and what the next steps are for you. Because you know what? At the end of the day, we know what matters? Life change. That each of us grows and gets closer to Jesus Christ. Father, thank you. I love you and we love you. In the powerful name of Jesus, all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.
forget all my rebellion.